Thanks, Nick. All the Jive uh, crew, yeah, just you're in your awesome outfits, shirts, things. So can you just stand up where you are, the, all the Jive reborn leaders? Just stand up where you are, Jive up leaders. Hey, we want to take a moment to esteem you to the Lord and your willingness, your willingness to partner with God's heart for children and young people. And we're going to ask that what the Lord's doing in your lives would be multiplied into our lives and beyond, okay? So, hey, fellowship, let's just esteem these people to Jesus right now. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you for the love that you've placed in their hearts for young people and children. We ask, Holy Spirit, that as this year starts out, you would surprise them with revelations and resources that can only come from you to be able to bless and equip and teach into the lives of the children and the young people that you send to us here at the Vineyard. Father, we welcome you to place calling on our lives that we would be a people who in your name love children and young people well and love them into fullness of life and fellowship with you, Jesus. So, Lord, would you fill our hearts with what you've touched their hearts with? Bless the team. Encourage them. Fill our hearts. Encourage us, Lord. Multiply your love, we pray. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it, and for his greater glory. Amen. Hey, thanks. We want to say just in front of everyone this morning and brag on you and say, we love and appreciate every single one of you and the way that you serve what God's doing in the lives of these young people and children. We want to say thanks. Good on you guys. Thanks. All right. If you're in Jive or Little Jive, if you want to head on up the back, the team are going to take you out next door this morning. If you're in Jive Up, if you want to meet Jacob down at the cafe and Caitlin, they're going to get you a free can of soft drink and some snacks, I think. Um, so bless you guys as you spend time together this morning. And the rest of us, we're going to um, do some teaching. So awesome. We're right to go again, Sam. Yep. So we want to welcome those who are also joining us on, online today on YouTube. We want to say it's great to have you with us today. And we pray that as we spend time together in the Bible, um, that your lives as well as, as all of our lives would be touched by Jesus. So um, let's take some time to do that this morning. Firstly, let's pray. Father, I thank you for all that you're doing in the room this morning, the multiple levels and ways in which you're meeting with us. And we pray now as we open the Bible, it would be like a living word to us. It would touch our thirsty souls with a deep drink of your love, your presence, your life. And we ask that as we do that this morning, Lord, you would um, continue to heal and equip us for the journey of being Jesus' people, bringing the kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. What an amazing couple of weeks we've had now as we've been spending time digging into this whole conversation around the life and the person of the Holy Spirit and how he 
works out his life in our life as followers of Jesus. And this morning, uh, we're going to take some time to um, have a bit of a look at this conversation around the gift, one of the giftings of the Holy Spirit called tongues. We're going to unpack it a little bit. We're going to demystify it a bit. And we're at the same time, we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit might grace us a bit in this wonderful work of his. And so, um, but before we do that, if I could just jump onto the next slide, Stephen, let's remember this is the big, the big conversation that we're having here about the person of the Holy Spirit. He's put us in this story of God as the story of God is being unfolded. The church exists for the sake of those who are exiled from God. We are called to bring the gospel of the kingdom to every nook and cranny of creation. That little phrase, nook and cranny, I've, I've noticed a lot of people have picked up on that phrase and they're using that in their conversation now about their week, going about their week. They were, they're discovering the Holy Spirit is inviting them into every nook and cranny, every space of relationship. I think that's just a great little phrase, nook and cranny. So my question this week as we get going is, where did the way of love lead you this week? 1 Corinthians 14, 1. And did we, like Paul said, follow the way of love into all of those nooks and crannies of relationship and spaces where God was saying, follow me? What happened when you got there? Did you experience the person of the Holy Spirit resourcing you in that moment for those people. A uh, couple of quick, wonderful testimonies. This week, um, all the men were down at the, uh, the Launton Tavern having dinner the other night. And um, as they were um, having dinner together, the, one of the bar staff, she came up to them and said, hey, listen, guys, um, I've got to empty the pipes in the, uh, in the beer uh, tap. Um, so do you want a you know, free jug of beer to share and uh and of course I mean I wasn't there but I I've heard the guys didn't put up much of a fight when that was offered to them but they they welcomed this uh jug of beer and then uh a little while later uh she came back to them again and said look I, I I've got to clean the pipes on the um the Canadian club scotch and dry uh Jim do you want a jug of that and the guys were like, oh, okay, send it over. And she said to them, um, are you guys from some kind of men's community group, men's group? And um, I think it was Brad was talking with her and Brad said, uh, no, we're from the, the vineyard. We're, we're a bunch of guys that, you know, meet together and help each other along the way with our faith. And she said, oh, the vineyard. She said, when, and she, she said, when I was in need... My, me and my children, when we were in need, we came down to the vineyard and you guys gave us food and you cared for us. She said, I really have great love in my heart and appreciation for you guys at the vineyard. Every nook and cranny. You see, this is how we win a region of people over into the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like when the yeast of the kingdom of God begins to work its way through the whole batch through our little patch called the Morton Bay. God is drawing people to himself. 
Another beautiful testimony after last weekend, the Holy Spirit was very dynamically present in the room, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But one of the outworkings of that was that there was a lady who was here. She's not here this morning, but she was um, away, and she, uh, she sent us a message during the course of the week where she felt she had experienced a very significant, powerful touch of the Holy Spirit. And as she was experiencing the Holy Spirit, a part of her broken heart was being mended, as using her words. And she said then during the course of this week, someone uh, wrote to her, was in communication with her and they were in a situation of um, need, great need and physical pain. And she said, at that moment, I've, the person who had been touched by the Holy Spirit writing to us, she said, at that moment, I remembered that um, even though I felt very empty, the Holy Spirit was ready to meet me and he filled me and gave me this sense of, um, I can't remember her exact word, but authority to be able to pray for this person's situation. And this person experienced immediate freedom from the pain that they were in as she prayed. Remember that analogy that we use? We just turn up available as Johnny on the spot and God resources us with his spirit to bring the good news to every nook and cranny. Well, that happened for this lady. And then, and then this week, Nicole was, um, Nicole was praying with someone who was in physical pain. And uh, it was one of those moments where the person was in pain and it was like, take two Panadol and let's invite the Holy Spirit to come. You know, we're okay with that approach. And, um, and so we did that. And this person, as Nicole prayed for them, experienced immediate, immediate freedom from the pain that was at work in their body. Just three little stories of every nook and cranny where the love was leading us in the way of Jesus to seeing the kingdom come for people's lives. It's great stuff. So let's jump onto the next slide if we can, Stephen. Uh, Last week we started to unpack this conversation around prophecy, particularly as one of the outworkings of the Holy Spirit. Now, whenever you start to talk about prophecy, the spiritual temperature always starts to rise. It's just the way it is. Whenever you, because prophecy is, like, I like the way Dunn describes it up here. It's where we catch the heart throb of God and we begin to speak it into people's circumstances and lives. And whenever we're catching the heart throb of God, what we're also doing is we are confronting and displacing the words that have long held people captive. We're displacing those words of the kingdom of darkness, those illegitimate words that have robbed and oppressed and held people at, in, in captivity, and we're displacing them with the Father's truth. And as we're bringing that, there is confrontation. There's spiritual confrontation. And so the temperature starts to rise whenever you want to start talking about bringing the Father's heartthrob and words into a moment. And, and we saw some of that here last weekend. It was fantastic, actually, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch some more on that in a minute. But <clears throat> with prophecy in particular, if, you, if, we, if we're reading together and we have been touching and weaving through 
all of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 12, 13, and 14, which I've kind of been reminding you every week, guys, don't read it as little verses isolated from each other. Read it as one big chunk that holds together. Paul's weaving this beautiful reality together, all as one big chunk. And as a, as a part of that, you'll see that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, we touched on this, God graces people as he chooses by the dancing work of his Holy Spirit. 13, Paul says, this has got to be done in a context of love. And it's interesting because 1 Corinthians 13 is what everyone tends to read at their wedding, which actually the context of 1 Corinthians 13 has got nothing to do with weddings. But it's a great scripture to drop on a wedding, absolutely. And, but 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul does this beautiful chapter about what love is, patient, kind, and so forth, um, he's, he's doing that on the back end of saying, the context here, people, is about prophecy and tongues. When the Holy Spirit is moving, just bouncing a bit there, Neil. When the Holy Spirit is moving in the gifts of prophecy and tongues, he puts this big caveat all around it about the context of love. Love needs to be the, 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 the context out of which prophecy and tongues flows beautifully in the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's that that I want to talk a little bit about more this morning. Now, many of us in this room come from different spiritual backgrounds and experiences. Some of us come from different historical parts of the church where, uh, for example, uh, you might come from what maybe, for example, there's people here that come from a Roman Catholic background. There's people that come from high Anglican backgrounds. There's people in this room that have come from zero spiritual background Jesus' background before they got here. There's people in this room who come from Pentecostal backgrounds before they arrived here. And all of those have got different experiences when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're to come over to my place and we have dinner together, there's, if we're having dinner together, there's moments when we're having dinner. There's times where it's like, Everyone is talking all at once. And it seems like no one's listening to anyone, but everyone's talking. And we can be like that for quite a while. But in fact, in the melee of all of those conversations happening at the one time, there's actually some really significant conversations going on of exchange and interaction. And then at the very same time, the all-in approach seems to lull and then just one person will be talking for a while. And it's like everyone's listening. Those moments are rare, but they happen. I'm not sure what round the table is like at your house, but we have this etiquette about the way that we fellowship together and eat together. And when we're doing that, there's this etiquette around talking and listening, and talking and listening. And sometimes it's all in, sometimes it's one person at a time, but, and then sometimes it's everything in between. The reason why I'm saying this is because there is an, there's an etiquette about 
what it's like when Jesus' people get together. There's mealtime manners, to put it you know, bluntly. It's like um, <clears throat> there's times where everyone gets to be all in at the one time and then there's moments where it's meant to be just, hang on, it's not all about all of us all at once. It's about one person at one time. And we listen to that and then we engage again and go on again. But there's this, <clears throat> the way to, I guess the best way to use the, a picture word is that Paul talks about how um, it's like following the way of love is, is like a, um, a beautiful symphony and versus a clanging cymbal that's just like out of place and, and it's just like, oh, hang on, that doesn't work. But Paul uses this analogy about the way of love, the work of the Spirit, is like writing this beautiful symphony and everyone knows when to come in and everyone knows when to pause and others know when to come forward and others know when there's a solo and others know when it's, oh, the, all the choir's in again, we're all in here. And, it's, and it follows the way of the Holy Spirit. And this is the way Paul describes it. So it's not like a clanging cymbal, but it's like a piece of music where everyone goes, man, that was good to listen to, and that was thoroughly awesome and edifying. And that's my encouragement to you that when we think about the person of the Holy Spirit and these gifts of tongues and prophecy, it's, it's meant to be in this kind of context of God's writing a song with us and through us. Let's listen to that and participate in that as he draws us into it. Let's jump on to the next slide. But, just, you know, just a little bit of background from, of mine. You know, when I met Jesus, I got saved by his faithfulness and he reached in and he grabbed a hold of my heart and basically took it out of my chest and gave it a good, deep clean <laughs> by his mercy. And then he put it back into me, like Ezekiel talks about, with a, it's this new kind of fleshy heart that would feel, not a hard heart that was opposed, but, you know, the prophecy of Ezekiel was that one day there would, God would put these fleshy hearts in people. And that's what God was doing in me. He put this fleshy heart in me. And I knew in that moment that I'd been made new. It was like, I've started this whole new journey. I'm a new creation. I've been saved by Jesus and I've been saved into Jesus and I've been saved for Jesus and his kingdom. And in that moment, I tell you, for me, it was a rather dramatic experience and I knew that the Holy Spirit filled me. I was like empowered by this love from God, totally transforming my life like a microwave oven from the inside to the outside. The things that used to have grip and vice on me, all of a sudden, they just didn't have the same taste, flavor or attraction. They fell away because of who Jesus was and the Holy Spirit filling me. Now, that all happened for me in a context of a, of a local church that I would say was primarily very fairly conservative, but it was kind of in pursuit of the things of the Spirit. And the best way to describe it would have been it, they were welcoming of the Holy Spirit, they were open to the Holy Spirit, but they were on, a, on the beginning cycle, you know, stage of what does it look like to welcome the Holy Spirit? Because they, they, they weren't Pentecostal, but they were thoroughly Bible, and, but yet they were open to God doing stuff. 
but hadn't discovered fully yet the language of how that works. And as a result of that, um, I kind of grew in my journey with Jesus, and I knew I was filled with the Spirit. But when it came to these these supernatural, transrational, in-breaking, powerful works of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders and tongues and prophecy and miracles and healing, all of that, I was, I was just starting the journey of growing up in those, those works of God. And as a result of that, I had a curiosity and a fascination. I'm like, I need to find out more about what these gifts are. And so, you know, over the years, I've gone and hung out with and visited places that are operating in the Holy Spirit in ways that I hadn't been at that point. So I went to, because I was in pursuit of this idea of the gift of tongues, I was like, I want to know about this. I want to experience this. I would even like to speak in tongues. So I went and visited a couple of Pentecostal churches. Now, for some of us uh, who have come from that tradition... Tongues and prophecy seem to sort of run very closely to each other when Jesus' people get together for a meal. And when they get together for a meal in a Pentecostal context, this is what tends to happen. Great time of worship. And then usually at some point during the song set, there's kind of like a a moment, sort of like an intentional space that's given. And then what happens is everyone knows that on cue, ah, it's an all-in moment, and we stop singing in language of English and words that we can understand. It's an all-in moment, and everyone lets the gift of tongues just rip, and away they go. They'll sing in tongues for a while, and away they go. And it's fantastic. If you've ever been in the middle of that, it's fully supernatural, fully biblical and supernatural. And it's like, oh my gosh, the temperature in the room all of a sudden goes from being purely cerebral to actually like the presence and the power of the, of, the, of the Lord's in the room. And everyone's doing this. And then what happens is it sort of dies down again and they go on with the song. And then maybe there's usually only a few people that are allowed to do this in that setting. One or two people might stand up and belt out a tongue, like publicly, where everyone's like, it's only one person speaking at the mealtime now. They'll belt out this tongue. And as they belt out this tongue, everyone's just like quiet and then they'll wait and someone, it's their job to interpret it, what comes. But what traditionally kind of comes in that moment is someone will say these words. After the tongue speaker's finished tongue speaking, the interpreter person will stand up and say something like this. They will say, Thus says the Lord, God Almighty, da, 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 and away they go. And what they're, what they're actually doing is they're actually operating in prophecy, not interpretation. But in that context and culture, um, it, it tends to be that way. Now, I went into a few of those settings and I was like, I need some of this, Lord. I want to speak in tongues. So I went, you know, they give calls and opportunities for people to get filled, get baptised in the Spirit, speak in tongues. Well, I knew I was full of the Holy Spirit. I was just like, maybe I just need this thing like let loose in me. It's not like I'm asking for something to fill me. It's like I'm asking for something that's resident in me to be 
unlocked or let loose, you know. So anyway, I did that a few times. And when I got there, the kind of the, in that context, when I went there, I love them. They were kind of like it was the person of God model, you know. It's only the one person that got to do the hands-on stuff. And uh, they would lay hands on you and then you would either speak in tongues or you would fall over. And that's okay, you know. Well, I was like waiting for, and the person came along and they prayed for me and I was like, well, A, I didn't fall over and B, I didn't start speaking in tongues. So I kind of went away from there going, well, I don't know what all that was about, but I'm still really hungry to speak in tongues. So anyway, over the years, I just took the journey. And now for me, as someone that's grown up in the Lord and continue to follow the Lord, tongues has become a very integral part of my personal prayer life with the Lord. And every now and then, it's part of my mealtime public life. Most people, as they're worshipping, if they're within earshot of me, row two here will probably hear it a lot. But when I'm worshipping Jesus when we're together, often in between choruses and words or whatever, I'm, I'm just quietly praying and singing in tongues. I'm just letting this beautiful heart language of the Holy Spirit touching me pour out of me. Is it English? No, it's not English. Is it any other known language on the planet of the earth? No, it's not. It's just this outworking of my spirit filled with the Holy Spirit saying something that is pleasing to God. And I want to just touch on that a bit more in a moment. Um, So anyway, tongues came later, privately at first, then publicly. So I want to just like give everyone complete freedom to either begin the journey or take the next step deeper into the journey when it comes to this beautiful gift of tongues. And I'll talk a little bit more about how the mechanics of that works as well. Let's jump onto the next slide. Thanks, Stephen. 1 Corinthians 12, you see, because Paul says about these gifts of the Spirit, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. There's meant to be, on the one hand, he's saying, go after this stuff. And then at the same time, he's saying, but don't do it ignorantly. (laughs) In other words, be prepared to grow and learn and mature. And sometimes... It's like when you have a go at something the first time. It's like sometimes it's like, well, that was just clunky and I think I kind of got close. <laughs> but, uh, and then other times it's like fair income just hit the target. It was amazing. And, so, and everything in between. And there's room for that here at the vineyard. There is room for that here at the vineyard. We're not going to chop you down if you have a go at something and it's like, well, they made a bit of a mess of that. That's completely all right. Completely all right. We are a context that's safe and we believe in equipping people and growing them up into maturity. We don't get saved and all of a sudden I'm mature. Oh, my gosh. The people that were around me when I first met Jesus, you know, they, and the way that I spoke to them and treated them in my zeal, it was like, no wonder they were like, geez, Kirk, just, you know, I, was, I wasn't mature about what had happened to me. I was enthusiastic, but just not mature and not palatable. 
But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Now, if I unpack that a bit more. Paul's, Paul's heart here is he's saying, I, want every, I would love it for everyone to speak in tongues. And what he's saying underneath that is he is saying, everyone can speak in tongues. He's not saying everyone will speak in tongues, but he is saying everyone can. There's no exclusion here. There's complete invitation for everyone. But then he talks about when we get together for meals like this, and he says, when we get together for meals like that, I want everyone to be tongue-speaking. Not everyone will. Some can. But even over and around that, I'd love it even more if you'd prophesy. And, and there's some thinking behind that that we need to do. He says there in verse 5 and then in verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. How's that? <laughs> do you think Paul's got a bit of a ticket on himself there? <laughs> no. He's just speaking out of the fullness. It's like I speak in, he's like, I speak in tongues, and I speak in tongues a whole bunch. Why aren't you? That's the inference of what he's saying. But in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So what is this gift of tongues? Let's jump onto the next slide. Thanks, Stephen. Sam Storms in his book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, if you haven't got that one, it's a great little textbook. Dr. Sam Storms, Cole and I first saw him in the mid-90s when we were in Kansas City in the United States of America. Just a brilliant conservative, evangelical guy filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some other stuff about his teaching I'm not on board with, but this stuff, I am. I am thoroughly on board with his approach to spiritual gifts. And he does most of his stuff in the context of like um, churches that are historically shut down and opposed to, and he helps them to come alive and practicing in the things of the Holy Spirit. Wonderful, wonderful teaching. So get a hold of that book. But he says the gift of tongues is simply this. I like this. He says it's the spirit, as in Holy Spirit, energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than your own or one that you may have learned. Great little summation. Just a fantastic. What's tongues? Well, there you go. Take the mystery off it all. There's a great little summation of this gift of God. Let's jump on to the next slide. Thanks, Stephen. And so let's, let's just clarify what tongues is not. Let's just clarify what tongues is not. Tongues is not God's greatest gift for his most highly favoured or anointed ones. That is not what tongues is about. <laughs> tongues is not the evidence that means I have more of the Holy Spirit than you. You've got to remember when Paul's teaching into all of this, he's talking to a church that is like, hyper, hyperactive in the things of the Holy Spirit. There's like manifest power, tongues, signs, wonders going on all over the place. And he's like, hang on, we just need a few table manners here so we can all get through this experience together and everyone can be built up and encouraged because remember what the gifts of the Spirit are for, for the common good, not for self-edification in this gathering. It's for the common good. So let's, let's just put some etiquette around it so it's like fully empowered. It's like a, a fireplace 
You know, Paddy Putman, a couple of years ago, used that illustration when he was with us, didn't he? He talked about when you let a... If you just put a fire in a house, what happens to the house? The house burns down. But if you put a fire in a fireplace, the house is fueled and warmed. It's the same idea here. Paul's just trying to put a few etiquettes around it so that this most powerful supernatural work of the Holy Spirit builds, edifies, blesses and empowers rather than just like let loose and the whole house burns down because that can happen. So he's he's talking about that. Tongues is not a special sign that shows that I have more zeal and commitment to God than anyone else in the room. That is not tongues. Tongues is not a demonstration of being more mature than the other. Tongues is not a sinister tool of the devil. Now, I say that one because there's parts of the body of Christ that do believe that tongues today is a sinister tool of the devil, not from the Lord. They believe that those things ceased when the scriptures, the canon was closed. So that's what tongues is not. We got that? All right, let's just jump on to the next one. What is tongues? Here's a a brief little snapshot. When we're together, what tongues is about. Tongues is, Acts 2.11 tells us, that when the Holy Spirit fell on all those people at the day of Pentecost, it was interesting, the crowd says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. It's interesting that they hear it in their own tongue. It's not that necessarily the people were speaking in their own tongue, but somehow, with the help of the Holy Spirit, they were hearing it in their own tongue. It's it's a small, noticeable thing, but it's really impactful if you want to go and do some more study on it. Very important. But they could hear. But what were they hearing? They were hearing praise and declaration of the wonders of, of who God was. So what's the orientation of this grace of the spirit that manifests in tongues it is godward it is godward so if you come from a tradition that says pentecostal tradition maybe where it's like come holy spirit and then someone speaks in tongues and then another person says thus says the lord that thus says the lord is language from god to the people from god to the people is what prophecy from the person to God is tongues so when tongues is going on (laughs) you're right sweetheart do you want some help to get down there good job (laughs) you're right darling Um, tongues in Acts 2 is this empowering grace that's Godward in its orientation. And Paul's, uh, Paul, or Luke makes note of that. But then, he, and Paul picks up on that in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He says, anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men or the people around them. If you're speaking in tongues when you're gathered or scattered, it's to God. It's to God. That's the nature of it. 
It's also a sign. It's a sign that the kingdom of God is breaking in. It's a sign that the powers of the age to come, as prophesied by Joel, are in fact breaking in the promises of God. Acts 10.44. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard his message, and for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. That's what tongues is, or some of the operations around it as well. Um, so 1 Corinthians 13, culture of love. This, this is, is it again. If I speak in the language of or tongues of men and angels, now there's some more teaching that we could subcategorize here. There is actually a case here for human beings filled with the Spirit speaking in languages that are purely angelic. Let, just let that blow your mind for a little bit. Just let that blow your mind for a little bit. So Paul's saying, whether you speak in angelic languages or even in the languages of, other, of human beings, it's got to come from the place of love. It's got to flow from that context of love. So there's two last things I want to mention. If we can jump onto the next one. Thanks, Steve. So when we're gathered, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, what should I say? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Now that's the next little bit I want to just jag on the end here. The interpretation. Paul puts some etiquette around it, this activity of the Spirit. He says, if someone is filled with the Spirit and then they start speaking in tongues... The nature of it is toward God. The broad flavour of it should be declaration of the character of God, thanksgiving to God, praise of God. It's this toward God. It's, that's the nature of it. That's how it flows. Um, and, and so Paul says, and then there should be an interpreter. Now, the interpreter is not thus says the Lord. Da, 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 da. That's someone operating in the gift of prophecy because prophecy is the heartthrob of God for the people to build up the people. So if that happens, that's great. We go, someone's speaking in tongues, that's great. They're declaring the wonders of God, that's great. Someone says, thus says the Lord, and there's a prophecy, that's great too. But then we need to intentionally go, let's hang on a minute. There's meant to be like this interpretive space for what the tongue brought. Now, traditionally, because we're good Western thinkers, we get all very chronological about our approach to mealtimes. But if you eat dinner at my house, some people, they start with the, when they're eating their meal, they're just like, forget the greens, we're going for the meat. For others, it's, no, we're starting on the greens and we're saving the meat till the end. And all of that's happening at the same time. So what Paul is saying, it's not about chronology when we get together about the things of the Spirit. It's about noticing them, giving them room, and making sure that we get the whole meal, that we get the meat and the veg. Is this making sense for you? 
I know I'm talking very mechanical this morning, but I think it's very, very important. Because Paul says um, it's really important, this gift of interpretation, because it comes along and it says, so everyone in the room can get a sense of the touch of God about the praise and thanksgiving and the testimony back to God of what's taken place. So everyone can be in on it. Everyone can be edified by it. So when we gathered, tongues is meant to happen, let it rip. Now last weekend, I just, just want to talk into that a little bit. Because what was happening, I was doing a bit of a teach, and at the same time, there was a, there was a few people in the room. It was clearly the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the room. There are, there are a number of people in the room who all of a sudden were started like, you know, should have bought a Honda, should have bought a Honda, get a Mitsubishi. They were going for it, you know. The Holy Spirit was on them. And, and they, were, they were just letting their heart come alive to the Holy Spirit. And they were just, let, it was coming out of them. It was coming out of them. And that's okay. That's fine. Sometimes what you need to do is you need to let the shrub grow a little bit before you prune it. Don't ever cut off the shrub before it's had a chance to grow. Are you hearing me? Don't be hard on each other in your pursuits of the Holy Spirit. Give each other room to grow and the grace to grow and have a go at following the Holy Spirit. It's really important, really important. So <clears throat> it was all going on and then, and then we asked, well, quietly, I asked someone to go and talk with them because I was up here teaching but I gave a little signal to someone to go and talk with them. And as they went and talked with them, they said to these people who were speaking in tongues, do you have any interpretation of what's going on, what, what's being, what you're speaking? And they said no. And they said to them, well, can you just hold on to that quietly until later on? And that's, in, that's all in 1 Corinthians 14. If you read it, it's all there. It's like, come with your tongues, but if, 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 if you're a tongue speaker, you can speak in tongues and you can interpret and you can interpret, so you can just follow on straight into interpretation. It doesn't need another person to interpret it, but there can be. All you might have is just purely a tongue. Someone else may have interpretation. That's great. But cr- what we're doing is we're creating room for that. And, um, and then so that, But Paul says there's a right way to do that. Let one or two people have a crack at that. Maybe two, he says, maybe three. Um, and... Make sure there's room for interpretation. Because if there's no interpretation, what tends to happen is if there's people in the room that don't know Jesus or uh, I would say not uh, uh, people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and I would say there's people in the room that do know Jesus as Lord but are having a hard time with Jesus as Lord, they'll get offended by what's going on in the room if there's all this tongue speaking and no interpretation. It's just what happens. Paul says it's in the book. Paul says it's my experience too. If that's happening in your church, don't worry. It's my experience too. So interpretation is a really important space. And what was beautiful out of last weekend was the person, particularly this one person who was under the Spirit, and they, after that person had been asked, just, just quietly rein that in, just hold it to yourself. I could see them there, sitting there. They were like a, like a little energizer bunny sitting in their seat, like, you know, shut up on yada, you know, the Holy But they had it dialed down. They were doing everything with their with their mind and their body. Just okay, Lord, just help me keep this thing simmering on warm until it's time to let it loose again. 
and everyone can enjoy it. And so they just sat there, holding it in, and every now and then you'd hear the little, you know, when there's something simmering on the oven, on the stovetop, every now and then, pop, 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 you know, they're just trying to hold it, and it's like, okay, Lord, they're partnering with that. And then we said, okay, now let's make some come Holy Spirit time space. And we did that, and then that person who had been freely speaking in tongues asked just to hold it, but simmering away. Then come Holy Spirit time, they got, they then actually were released in the Holy Spirit to bring a prophetic word, which was interesting. So they came down the front and shared some prophecy. And at the same time, if you go back to the playback tape and you can break it down like a good coach would, and you let's play that back. Let's listen back to that, like I did a whole bunch of times this week. That person, it was beautiful. They were, because Paul says we do this stuff in part. He doesn't say we're all fully, it's all full on and we've got it mature. He says we do it in part, like looking into a dim mirror. This person was, they were um, prophesying. They were sharing some things from God's heart to us. They were also then interpreting the tongues that they were sitting there burbling away with because the nature and the orientation of what they say shifted gears and it started to become declaration and thanksgiving. And then there was moments where the person was also like just talking about their own stuff. It was their own stuff, which there's room for. But it was like there was clearly these ebbs and flows through it. If you go back to the playback tape, you can watch that. That's really important. This is how it works. This is how it finds its way to life. And we've got room for that here at the Vineyard. So I want to encourage you. When we're gathered, we do it with manners. One or two will have a crack at this. Bring some interpretation. If there's no interpretation, tongue speakers, I want to encourage you. Just hang on to it as best as you can on simmer as you're sitting on the oven top, all right, on the stove top. Just keep in simmer mode. Just let it bubble away there. Don't shut it off. Don't turn it off. Just partner with it. But do it in such a way that it's like, Lord, this is for the benefit of everyone. This is not about me in this moment. Is this making sense? Is this making sense? Because we want to develop a culture of this. And then at the same time, when it's right, let it rip. But then also when we're scattered, so in the course of a week, Jude encourages us in Jude, uh, Jude verse 20, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray always in the Holy Spirit. Let that tongues gift just flow because what it does is, small teaching, edification. It builds up. It empowers for me, I spend a lot of time driving around, sitting in my office, walking along, praying in tongues all the time. I just let it go from being on the stovetop, just and it, when I'm on my own with Jesus, and it edifies. Hopefully this morning, we've put a little bit of a pastoral framework and permission to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, particularly gu- uh, tongues. Alrighty, hands up if you uh, speak in the gift of tongues, have that gift on your life. Awesome, hands down. Hands up if you'd like to speak in the gift of tongues and you don't. Awesome. Well, no, there's, well I want to I challenge that maybe because Paul says... Um, 
don't, he says, be after this stuff. Don't, there's no, it's like a real charge from Paul. He's like, get after it. There's no, no choice in the matter. Pursue this stuff. <laughs> it's like, so I'm going to sort of provoke you a little bit there on the maybe into, hey, get your teeth into it. Or in this case, let the Holy Spirit fill your mouth. Um, all righty. Those people that would like to speak in tongues, would you, would you come down the front with me? Just come down the front with me. This, it's all right. We're family. We love each other. Where did I see all those hands? Come on up, come on up here, guys. Come on up. There's someone over here that put their hand up. Who was it? Hope. That's right. Come on over. All right. So let's just space out. Let's give each other a little bit of room. Now, all the tongue speakers that are in the room, where were you? Put your hands up again. All right. Now, I want you to ask the Father, and I want you to come then and stand with those that are at the front, and just come around which one the Lord's saying to come and stand with right now. Just come and gather around them. So I'm going to need, like, heaps of yous. Awesome. Now, one of the things I don't want you to do in this moment is get really, like, super spiritual. Just be you. (laughs) Just be you. Just be you. And we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit might grace you with this most beautiful gift because it builds you up. And I, and I want to let you know, as followers of Jesus in this season and in this world, it's really challenging to hold our faith, hold our sense of aliveness with God and our discipleship in a hostile world. But, but this gift of the Holy Spirit, tongues, is one in which empowers you to keep flowing in the person of Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So let's just, we're going to pray. Now, all you tongue speakers, I want you guys just to start praying away in tongues. You, and you guys that are uh, standing there wanting to pray in tongues, pop your hands out in front of you like the Lord's going to just give you a, a wonderful gift. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come fill you now. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for your love and your giftings. And so this morning right now, we ask that you would fill our family right now with your presence. And in particular, Lord, we ask that you'd fill their hearts and their mouths with this most beautiful gift of tongues and that you'd fill them now in Jesus' name. Now, you guys that are praying with them, I just just pray alongside them, coach them in that. For those of us that are watching online, we want to say thanks for joining us this afternoon and we pray God's blessing over you this week as you follow Jesus in the kingdom. And I want to, if you're here this morning and you're in the room and you would like some prayer, feel free to come down the front and we'll pray with you before you go today. Otherwise, God bless you. Thanks for coming to the vineyard today and we will see you either in small groups or next weekend. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Neil.